Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week's podcast in the riff, we're going to be talking about what you do when you get on the court with a player who is simply not agreeable, someone who is just not a pleasure to play with. How do you handle that? We get that question all the time. But before that, we're going to talk about the difference between being process-oriented and results-oriented, and hopefully we'll explain to you or convince you that being process-oriented is much better for your results as a pickleball player than being results-oriented as a pickleball player. Stay tuned for the podcast. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball, but how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. The tip we want to share with you this week about improving as a player is to consider becoming more process-oriented than results-oriented. I think just as human beings, just as how we're wired, we're results-oriented animals or beings. Uh, basically, you know, we're, we're always searching for food, always searching for shelter, searching for, you know, money and safety and security and all these things. Those are all results. And so, you know, we want to basically make sure we have those results available to us. And we do the same thing when we play pickleball. We look at it in terms of, you know, what, did we win that rally? Did that shot win the point? Did we win the game and things like that? So that's a results-oriented approach to our, our progression through the game or our, our approach to the game. And where it can hurt you as a pickleball player, where it can affect you negatively as a pickleball player, is when you start looking at outlier situations or outlier results and and finding success there and using that as a positive reinforcement to continue doing that. So let me give you a couple of examples of, of what I'm talking about. So one easy example is sideline attacks. So, you know, you'll be playing a, a game and you'll go for a super sharp angle shot and it's amazing. It's an awesome shot. If the ESPN cameras had been there, they would have shown it on the top 10 plays of the week. It was just a fantastic shot in terms of the, the result, right? I mean, everyone went nuts and you got applause and people were amazed uh, and you won the point, right? Because you hit this beautiful shot. But what we forget about is all of the, you know, the eight or nine other shots that we hit the same way that we missed, right? They were a little bit out, a little bit into the net, uh, you know, just, just weren't successful. What we do is we focus on the result that, that was the exciting one, the one that got us the accolades or the, the uh, admiration of our opponents. And we forget about the ones that did not, did not come out so well, right? The, the result wasn't so good. Same way with winning games. You know, the days that we win games, we feel that we were uh, successful. And the days that we don't win games, we feel that we were unsuccessful without really thinking too much about the process uh, the, or the process that got us to one or the other. And when you do that, when you look at just the results, right, it's really difficult to uh, improve your game. It's really difficult to figure out what can I do to, to be a better pickleball player or just to have, you know, to be more competent when I'm on the court. When you look at process, what you're doing is you're looking at the, the, the pieces that are necessary in order to be successful as a pickleball player. Uh, so let me give you another example. Let's talk about, for instance, constructing a, a let's talk about when you're on the serve side. So if you're on the serve side and you've listened to our, our other videos and, and podcasts and other materials, you understand that when you're on the serve side, your first objective is to neutralize, get out to the non-volleyball line, and then attack. A player who succeeds, a player who is a successful pickleball player you know, time and time again, is a player that understands that, 
tries to neutralize the advantage of the return team, move up to the non-body zone line, and win from there. The players that are not successful time and time again are the players who try to win too early. They basically attack too soon. They attack when they're not in position. You will have exciting results. You'll have some shots that are just beautiful. You know, these winning down the line shots or, you know, these just sick shots that you hit that are like amazing, but they're not sustainable. So you're fo- by focusing on the result, meaning, okay, I won that, that rally. I got, uh, or won that point. I got, uh, you know, the accolades. Everybody was happy. It can, it can, it can take away from understanding that that is not how you're going to win games over and over consistently. The way you're going to win games over and over consistently is by playing perhaps what you could consider a more boring form of pickleball, but a more efficient form of pickleball, more effective form of pickleball, which is to understand that I need to, I need to respect the process of the game. I need to, when I'm playing the the serve side, I need to hit my third shot. I need to move up, you know, nice and calm and, and under control, stop, split step, hit another shot, stop, split step, make it up to the non-body zone line, and then patiently work the rally until I prevail. Focusing on the process will end with good results, uh, but my focus is not on the result. My focus is on the process. It's actually the same thing when you're when you're just playing in general. If you focus on the result, meaning 11 points, so you come out on the on the court and the first thought is, you know what, I need to get to 11. Let's go. That it's impossible to do that. You cannot get to 11 that way. The most you can do is you can hit the next ball, right? So your focus should be on the process of making sure that the next shot you hit or, or trying to hit the next shot in the best way possible, both technically and also uh, strategically. So you're trying to hit a shot in a, with a stroke mechanic that makes sense, nice and compact. Your body's under control. You're in a good position to hit the ball. Uh, and you're hitting a ball that makes sense under the circumstances. So again, if you're on the serve side and you're still at the baseline, then perhaps you're hitting a third shot drop because that's a good shot to hit there. Uh, if you're up at the non-volley zone line and you get a high ball, you're trying to hit a put-away ball, right? You're not trying to reset that ball. So you're trying to hit strategically sound shots or shots that make sense strategically and also that you're doing a good job of uh, functionally. So technically, you're hitting a, a good shot. If you do, do those two things, you hit uh, functionally good shots and strategically smart shots over and over and over again, that's the process, right? What will happen is your results will be good. You'll, you'll finish the game and all of a sudden your number will be 11 and the other team's number will be five or six or seven and you'll have one, but your focus will not be on getting to 11. Your focus will be simply on executing the next shot, hitting the next ball as best you can, because at the end of the day, that is the only thing that you can control is the next ball, not getting to 11. Getting to 11 is a result from that comes from a lot of hitting the correct, hitting the ball well and strategically correct and at the end, just having points. So think of it when you're out there playing in terms of a, a process, and you'll definitely have results that follow. There's another example I want to give you in a second about outballs, because outballs is an area that we tend to make a lot of errors in because we don't respect the difference between process and results. Before we get into outballs, I want to invite you, if you haven't done so yet, to visit CJ and me at VI Pickleball at wearepickleball.com. It's a community that CJ and I, uh, we basically moderate this community. Uh, and the idea is to help you improve as a pickleball player and also just as a person. We do a lot of mental training and things like that to help you improve both on the court and off the court. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, come visit us at wearepickleball.com. Be a part of our community. One of the quickest ways you can improve as a pickleball player is to let out balls go. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this podcast discussing the percentages and things like that with all balls. What I want to focus on here, though, is the, the basically letting go of the ego 
of a ball landing in because that's a real problem when we're when we're trying to get used to letting out balls go is that sometimes we're going to make the decision to let it go and it is in fact going to land in and so what happens then is we look at the result right going back to results versus process we look at the result ball landed in therefore we must have been wrong in our decision the mistake there is uh, is that you have to make the decision before the ball lands either in or out so you're making the decision based on a set of information that's available to you at the time you make your decision. So you're looking at, as an example, what is my opponent doing with their paddle? Is their paddle way back, like they're gonna smash the ball hard? Where's my opponent hitting the ball from? Are they hitting the ball close to the net and it's a low ball and they have their paddle back? Well, those kind of things add up to a drive. Is the wind behind my opponents? In other words, is the wind likely to push the ball farther? So you're looking at all those different factors and you're making a decision as to whether you should let the ball go. The only question you should ask yourself, regardless of whether the ball lands in or out, is, is was my decision okay or reasonable under the circumstances? If it was reasonable to let it go, where it lands doesn't matter. And that's where the result can get you in trouble. In other words, you can't look at the result and then conclude that your decision was incorrect. Your decision may still be correct and the ball land in, because if you understand that you were focused on the process, and the process here is what factors went into my decision at the time I made it. That'll really help you improve understanding or letting out balls go and taking the ego out of it, right? It's not a function of whether you were right or not. It's a function of the, pro the process that you undertook at the time. And I, I have numerous examples. I love letting out balls go. Uh, I have numerous games that I've played where, you know, I may let 10 balls go, let's say, of an opponent, and maybe two or three land in. But I'll take the seven or eight that landed out and let them have the two or three that land in because the alternatives, and again, we're not going to get into that right now in this, in this podcast. We'll do that in another podcast about the different out outcomes. But when you look at all the outcomes, letting those balls go and taking the seven or eight out of 10 sure out balls uh, and giving them the two or three that land in is a better result. And what will happen is invariably uh, my opponents will say something when, uh, when not invariably, but some opponents will say something when the ball lands in. They'll, you know, they'll celebrate it landing in or something like that, like they succeeded at something. Uh, forgetting the fact that seven or eight prior ones had landed out that I had let go. I don't have any, uh, I don't look at it as, as being a mistake to let the ball go just because it landed in. Because I'm focusing on the process, I'm not focusing on the result. And you can look at it in other, in other settings as well. If you're a football fan, for instance, if you look at a team like the uh, like the Alabama Tide or the uh, the uh, uh, New England Patriots, teams like that, those teams are built around their processes. They they want results, but they understand the process is important. The example I always think of is uh, you know you can watch Nick Saban, the coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. His team might be up you know seventy to zero, and if his uh, offensive lineman misses attack misses a, a block on a on a rush on a on a defense he will lose his mind on the sideline uh even if they're up 70 to zero why because he's not focused on the result he's not saying you know we're up 70 to zero it doesn't matter what he's focused on is the process and he understands that the process needs to be sound every time because eventually they're going to face another team like a clemson or somebody who's as good as them and that block missing that block could cost him the game so he's looking at the process and then the results will be whatever they're going to be so the same thing for y'all if you can if you can focus on the process, if you can focus on 
making sure that you're what you have control over, which is the next shot, the next decision and things like that. As long as you're doing that well and improving in that area, the results will naturally follow. Your level will be what it's going to be. You'll keep on moving up in level. Your results will be what they're going to be. You'll keep on improving your results because you're focused on the right thing, which is focusing on the process. Focus on the process and trust that the results will come. In the Rift this week, we're going to talk about what do you do when you're on a court with a player that simply makes it unenjoyable to play pickleball. Stay tuned for the Rift. Before we jump into the Rift, I want to remind you that the end of June, so the week before July 4th weekend, we are having our Pickleball Summit, our virtual Pickleball Summit. CJ and I are hosting it. We have over 30 presenters, all experts in their, in their field. We're going to be talking about strategy. We're going to be talking about uh, paddles, uh, technique on court, uh, injury prevention, everything having to do with pickleball, mental wellness while you're playing and on and off the court. Uh, it's just going to be jam-packed with information uh, by our presenters uh, and by CJ and myself. So put that on your calendar. First three, uh, the last three days in June, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we'll have a special event that Sunday to kick it off. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So look out for the Pickleball Summit. We've been getting this question more and more frequently, and perhaps it's because of the growth of the sport and then, you know, obviously limited facilities. So we're running into, uh, you know, more people, less facilities, kind of gets a little crowded sometimes. And the question we've been getting is, you know, what do you do when you're, say, a rec player, you know, open kind of a play situation, and there's just someone who is just makes it so unenjoyable to be on the court with them for whatever reason, whatever their behavior is, just makes it unenjoyable to, to play or be on the court with them. And it's obviously a difficult situation. It's a situation that no one wants to be, uh, no one wants to be, you know, put in that situation, but it happens. So the question then is, what can you do to uh, maybe to diffuse or, or disengage or avoid the situation? And what I've come down to in, in my mind and in my way of thinking is simply, uh, what I will do is I will simply not play with that player. I will not play on the court with that player. And the way that I think about it is like this. I mean, in life, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to put up with stuff in life because that's life, right? And, you know, life has its, its uh, presents its challenges and things like that. So, you know, if your job requires you, you're, you're in customer service and you have to deal with somebody who's just, you know, being rude or, or you know, disagreeable in any way, um, you know, sometimes you got to just kind of grit your teeth and, and bear with it and, and move on, right? Uh, but, you know, unless you're an instructor at a club and you have no no agency over what you're doing, uh, you know, if you're out there playing pickleball, hopefully you're doing it because you enjoy the game, you enjoy being sociable and getting out on the court and things like that. And I don't know that there's any reason why in those circumstances you are forced to play in a situation that has become negative to you uh, or unenjoyable to you because that undermines the whole premise of why we're out there. So my suggestion is basically... Uh, you know, not basically my suggestion is exactly what I just said. I will simply not play with that player. Um, and I don't do it in a rude way. I just, you know, I just let somebody else go on the court for me, or I just wait, uh, you know, for another court to open up to play. Uh, but that's my suggestion. If you're playing with someone or if you're, if you're being asked to play with someone who's simply disagreeable to you for whatever reason, uh, you know, you are not required by any uh, ethical guidelines or, or rules or anything I can think of uh, to get on the court with that person. And, you know, perhaps that will help the person uh, understand uh, the impact of their behavior, you know, but that's also not your your responsibility. We're all adults and, you know, they everybody's got to live their life the way they want to live it. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I may be telling you something obvious here, but uh, I think you have the right and the license to uh, decide who you want to play pickleball with and not to force yourself to play with someone who makes it um, unenjoyable and disagreeable to be on court with. So that's my advice for you on this week's Riff. Hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. And please remember to share it with your friends. If you enjoyed the podcast, they probably will too. See you next week and be well.